Morning, Chapel Hill. Will you pray with me for a moment? I want us to just come before God right now and I want you to pray a simple prayer before we begin here this morning and this is it, just in this moment, you and God say, God, show me how to do that. Show me how to surrender. Father, our desire this morning is um, the same desire that I trust we have every day, and that is that you would be king and that we would submit and surrender to you. And I ask this morning that you would lead us to that place where we do, we do honestly surrender all of us to you. And that you would show us through the words of Jesus this morning and the invitation that he gave us, that you would show us how to do that, how to surrender, and that you would show us the, the blessing that you have for us as we do. So open up our, our eyes and our ears and our minds and our hearts this morning to receive what you have for us. Uh, We are here to listen to you. We're in your presence. We're at your feet. Welcomed by you. Accepted and loved perfectly by you. And we thank you for that. We are yours this morning and always. And we ask that your will would be done in this time that we have together. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, before we get started, just a a quick invitation for those of you who are newer here or for those of you who have been here for a long time and would like to get more connected to the church and get a deeper understanding of who we are. Um, Next Sunday following the service is something that we call the front door and it is gathering for those, like I said, who are new or who want to explore a little bit more about the church and you have time to just come and sit with me. We'll have lunch together. Um, You'll get to hear my story, a little bit of where I've come from and, and what it is that you're getting up here every Sunday and you'll understand that a little bit better through that and you'll understand a little better who this church is and what uh, what we have to offer, how you can be involved and connected here, and you can begin the process of, of becoming a member of this church like Jeremy, and um, you can just take steps towards that. I welcome you to come. You're invited to come next Sunday. Um, if, you, if you are going to come, please let the office know by tomorrow so that we can prepare for childcare if you need it and also for food for lunch. Um, just let us know if you're going to be there. All right, last week we took a moment to pray. We looked at a list of things, of characteristics that we can request of God for our church, for Chapel Hill Church. There were 20 things on that list and I hope that we will continue to pray for these things to grow in our life as a church. Um, I sent out the list in an email to you last week as well, but if you do not have that list and you'd like to have it, just let me know and I will send it to you so that you have it, but please Pray for Chapel Hill Church. Growth and maturity in a church do not happen without prayer. 
We are dependent on God's spirit for the life, growth, and impact of our church. It doesn't happen without him. God wants to transform us into the kind of church that he would be proud to have as a bride for his son. He wants to invest in us. He wants to do great things in us and through us. And so let's pray for these things to happen here at Chapel Hill Church. Um, I think a lot about our church, obviously. This family means a lot to me. I want to see us succeed by God's standards. I want to see us thrive in our relationship with God, in our relationships within, each, within this church, with each other, and in our relationships outside of the church. There will always be room for us to grow in these relationships, and that growth is such an integral, critical part of our journey as a church. And getting closer to God benefits us individually beyond description. Getting closer to each other and truly living as a church family benefits us beyond description. And so does deepening our relationships with people in our communities, in the places where we work, in our schools. Being used by God in this way does wonders for us. So please do pray for the growth of Jesus' characteristics and the kingdom's values in us as a church. Um, We're going to talk more this morning about how that happens. Um, This past week, I also spent a few days up at Trout Lake Camp on a study break. This is something that I do every January. It it helps me get focused as I look at the calendar year coming up, um, particularly the spring. Besides that, I had some time to look at our outreach ministry, which you're going to hear a lot about in the weeks ahead. I looked at multiple ministries and, and areas in the church that we need God's guidance in. And I was able to spend that time with God. And this kind of time is something that I would recommend for absolutely everyone. Um, We all need time to focus and listen and just block out the noise of life for a while. This morning you'll see some of the direction that I received during the past week. Um, It's all about where we're headed as a church and I am excited to move and I appreciate your prayers this past week for that time. Um, I want to go on this journey with I really do. God is going to draw us closer to him through this journey and closer to each other and closer to the people around us. So I can't wait to do this. We have a vision. It's a vision to move this generation from culture to kingdom. We've been looking at some of the framework of the kingdom that we see in the Bible. Uh, We've been looking primarily in the book of Matthew for that. We saw several important characteristics of the kingdom last fall. That gives us a bit of a framework to work with, but it doesn't give us the whole picture of the kingdom. Not at all. We don't need to put a whole lot of effort into discovering whose kingdom it is. It's God's kingdom. It's the kingdom of God, and it came with Jesus as its king. And so it seems very logical to me that we take some time now to focus on Jesus. That's what we're going to do in the months ahead, and there is no better way for us to experience the kingdom than to see it in Jesus' life and through following him to see how it applies to our lives because it does in every way imaginable it applies to our lives. And so the title that I've given this next series of messages is Follow the Leader. Jesus showed us his kingdom. He showed us how it interacted with the world. He showed us how it impacted lives in every way. He showed us what it looked like, what it cost. He showed us very specifically how he moved his generation 
from culture to kingdom. And Jesus then handed his mission off to his followers. And let that sink in for a moment. That Jesus handed off his mission to us. So I'm going to job reminisce again. Uh, seems to be a theme the last few weeks here. I was in 11th grade. I was living in Calgary at this point as well, like when I worked for the Venetian blinds manufacturer. Summer was about to start and I needed a job and through church connections I was introduced to a couple who owned a little place next to my high school called Ryden's Deli. It was a small place and I worked with one or the other of the two owners. They were a married couple and they taught me how to do everything at Ryden's Deli. I had to sell deli meats and cheeses, I had to make sandwiches, I had to bake cakes, I had to make their homemade soups. I had to make coffee every day, I had to take care of all the customers who came in the door. And then they taught me how to place orders and manage the inventory. They taught me everything and I learned everything about this little business. Well, a month into the summer, the two of them met me at the deli one morning and with smiles on their faces, handed me the keys to the place. They were off to their summer home and I was now in charge and other than making some lady mad one morning because she had to wait five minutes for her coffee, I did a pretty good job. Now that feeling of being handed the keys and trusted with the place, with the business, was pretty cool, especially for a teenager. I had freedom and I had responsibility all at once. It was amazing. It was my business. When things got challenging during very busy times, I had to respond. I had to stay ahead of things like ordering supplies and food and, and making the food for the place. I had to put my best foot forward every day. I had to show up. I had to get it done. Successes and failures, all on me. But I love that feeling of being trusted with the business. So how do you suppose I learned to do all that? Well, obviously, I learned it from the owners. I watched, and I listened, and I did my best to imitate them and to follow their lead, and their business had to matter to me. The success of that deli had to motivate me every day, and it did, not because I have a love for delis and I found my sweet spot in life making sandwiches for people in my community. I did it because of them, because of the owners, I wanted them to succeed because of who they were and what they had come to mean to me. And so as you can guess, this came to mind because of how it demonstrates what I'm thinking in regards to the kingdom of God and our role and our response to that kingdom. See, Jesus even told Peter that he would give him the keys of the kingdom in Matthew 16, 19. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Just like me being given the keys to the deli. This is exactly the same. <laughs> okay, not quite. Not only is the kingdom of heaven a bit more substantial than the kingdom of Ryden's deli, the arrangement is different as well. And much, much better. So I want to explore that with you for a little bit this morning. In Jesus came the kingdom of God. It's coming back in its fullness and permanently when Jesus returns. But it came in Jesus when he came 2,000 plus years ago. 
This kingdom is our eternal reality, so Jesus wanted us to see and experience it through him. When we shed the limitations of this temporary life, we will enter into a permanent, forever experience of God that will be exactly what he intended for his creation in the first place. The fullness of his kingdom will come. And this is something that we have to factor into the very core of our thinking. This life is not all there is, and this life does not fully represent the life that we will have forever as sons and daughters of God. That life was interrupted by sin, but will be fully restored one day. Meanwhile, the God of redemption is drawing us into experiencing a life that gives us a good taste of that eternal life. He's making this available, available to us even now while we live behind enemy lines here on earth. God allows us to experience a level of this eternal life now that raises us above the weariness and the weight of this temporal, corrupted, letdown of a life here. He's a God of redemption, and so even in the midst of disappointment and emptiness, God brings contentment and fullness. That life is kingdom life. We get to experience many qualities of kingdom life right here, right now. Not all of them, but enough of them to give us a picture of the eternal life that is waiting for us. And so we can hang on to God and anticipate the life to come, having had a taste of it now and living in this version of it now. This kingdom life is the full life that Jesus brought us, the abundant life. He lived it, he modeled it, he taught us about it, invited us into it, and then left us someone to make our experience of it all possible. And here's where a big difference between being handed the keys to the deli and the keys to the kingdom comes into play. Jesus promised that he would send us a helper. And that helper is his spirit. The spirit was given to us to live in us and among other things, produce in us the fruit of God's kingdom. That fruit leads us into an experience of God's kingdom now. We get to experience things that could not be produced in us or experienced by us in this world and in our lifetime. And we'd be able, all we'd be able to experience are cheap imitations of these things that would always fall short of what only God's kingdom can produce. The helper, God's spirit, produces in us a love that far surpasses the love that's produced in us by this culture or this world. He produces in us a joy that can't be matched by culture. Now thinking about the Galatians 5.22 list of the fruit of the Spirit, we see the same thing repeated. And I know this to be true from my own life and experience, and I hope you do too. The Spirit's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control 
cannot be matched by any version of these things that our culture or our world can produce in us. This is an example of the kingdom life that God has for us. That life only happens through the helper, through God's spirit in us. Jesus didn't hand us the keys and then leave us alone. He left us his spirit. His spirit was a way for him to be with us always in this experience, with each of us at every moment of every day. Now try wrapping your head around that one. With every single one of us at every moment of every day. We can't grasp it, but it's true. And without him, we're left here in this world, but still not alone. Jesus made it clear that we're not merely alone if we don't walk with him by his spirit. He offers to set us free, which implies that we're not free to begin with. We belong to something, and we do. Without God and his spirit, we belong to sin. We are born in sin and belong to sin. We're not free until Jesus sets us free. And so there's, there's really no way in which we just live alone. We don't do that. And I can't express clearly enough how grateful I am that I don't face life alone. Being deceived into thinking that I'm the captain of my destiny is a terrible thing. I'll take the kingdom life that I'm growing in. I'll take the offer that Jesus makes to be with me always. The alternative is empty and dark. Long time ago, Jesus invited me to follow him. This is a clearly evident pattern for Jesus. From the invitation of his first disciples right down through history to you and me, Jesus is inviting the world that he created to follow him. In the midst of this earthly kingdom that his enemy rules for now, Jesus still has all authority and even in enemy territory, Jesus freely extends the invitation for people to follow him. He will lead us out of this darkness into the light. He will lead us out of slavery into freedom. He will lead us to a place of provision. He will lead us to truth. He will lead us from death to life. He will lead us from being orphans to being adopted sons and daughters. He will lead us from being alone to being in his presence. He will lead us from fear to courage, from weakness to strength, from lost to found, because he invites us to follow him. He invites us to follow him. And at the root of who we become when we accept his invitation is this. We become followers of Jesus. He is our leader and we are his followers. And that, of course, brings up all kinds of images. Is he like our dad who led us as little kids when we played follow the leader? Is he like our coach who calls the plays and establishes game strategy, who we follow by carrying out the plays that he calls? Is he like our boss who determines the nature of the job that needs to be done and we do it? Is he like our political leader, our king, who determines the laws of the land and we follow as his subjects? Is he like our commander who we follow into war? Is he like any of these leaders? And my answer to all of them is yes, he's like those Those kinds of leaders are all leaders who were made in his image, so yes. But there's something unique about the way he leads and we follow that I want to send you home thinking about today. And it's directly related to the kingdom. 
We've looked at some kingdom stuff already. We've seen some things about the kingdom that we can observe from a distance and learn as facts as we study. They're important things that'll help us see the kingdom. We've seen from Jesus' parables that the kingdom is infinitely valuable, that it produces a harvest in us, that it influences every part of our lives, and so on. We looked at a lot of stuff last fall. This morning, I want, us, I want, to, I want to take us another layer deeper into the kingdom, into how we experience the kingdom rather than just study the kingdom. And the months ahead will deepen that experience as we go. Jesus invited people to follow him many times, from specific disciples to the crowds. Jesus' desire was for us to follow him. Throughout his life, Jesus carried out the very vision that he's given us. Jesus moved his generation and every generation to come, and he's doing it right now, from culture to kingdom. Right now, through his spirit, Jesus continues to redeem his creation, no matter how heavily influenced we've been by the world's culture. He's invited us to do the same, to move people, but we're going to do it following his lead in an unexpected way. Is Jesus like our father, our coach, our boss, our king, our commander? Yes, he is. But Jesus is also like our older cow. Now, before you <laughs> wander out of here totally confused, let me explain what I, be, what I mean by comparing Jesus to an older cow. This is something that's still done in many countries around the world. Um, when being used for plowing or, or for other farm-related tasks, two oxen or horses or mules are yoked together, joined by that wooden harness in between them. The combined strength of the two is better than the strength of either one of them. When a new young animal is being introduced to plowing or something like that, they're paired up with an older, more experienced ox that shows them how it's done. The younger ox will go along with the older one and experience plowing the older ox's way. Hey, there's the image for us to work with. Now let's get back to the invitation. Because Jesus invited us in different ways, not just through the words, follow me. And this image helps us understand what he meant by follow. It's something unique. Jesus said something to the people around him that I find very personal and very encouraging. This is an invitation that I find impossible to resist. This is what he said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, I'll admit that the words follow me are more like what I'd expect from a leader. So when I hear Jesus say those words, I think I know how to respond, but then I'm thrown off by my own expectations of what a subject of a king in a kingdom should look like. 
Because the king does all the work and the subject goes along for the ride with the possible exception of contributing to the kingdom's economy. That I can do. But when I hear a general say, follow me, I'm prone to get a little bit nervous. Bosses I can handle and I was really good at playing follow the leader as a kid. This is different. Not just from my perspective, but from the perspective of any leader-follower relationship that I've experienced. This king, general, boss, coach, dad is presenting us with something different here. Jesus invites us to come, and that in itself is significant. Many leaders are very standoffish. They wouldn't dare to get too close to their followers. Jesus just simply invites us to come to him. That's very personal. And he doesn't ask us to do anything as a prerequisite. He doesn't say, go get cleaned up and come back to me once you are. He says, come. Come. And then if there were such a thing as a prerequisite in his invitation, Jesus invites anyone who's weary or heavy laden to come. Well, that lowers the bar substantially. Are you weary from trying to live up to the demands of this world's kingdom? Then come. Are you heavy laden from the toll that this world takes on you, the garbage that gets dumped on you day after day? Then come. And at this point, I would expect the invitation to shift to clarification that the demands of this kingdom are such and such. When you come, here's what I'm going to ask of you. But no, Jesus states very clearly that he has an offer for those who come. Rest. He offers them rest. He offers us rest. How's that for an unusual offer to join a kingdom? This kingdom offers rest. The older ox has the plan covered. He's already carrying out the work, the mission of the kingdom. He knows how it's done. He knows how to get the results that he expects. He understands the vision of the kingdom perfectly. He embodies all the characteristics of the kingdom. He is the kingdom. So he's not looking for us to impress him with our ideas of what the kingdom looks like and how we feel it can be more effective as far as the kingdom goes. He's got it. So rather than demand our efforts to keep things moving, he invites us to join him and not just join him, join to him. Jesus promises those who come that his yoke is easy. He said, easy. That's how competent he is. And he promises that his burden is light. Light, that's how strong he is. But let's get back to the rest thing. We skipped over a statement that he made. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. 
The king describes himself as gentle and lowly of heart. And lowly means that he's humble. Gentle and humble. That's who we're going to experience the kingdom with. Jesus, a gentle and humble king. A king who promises that we will find rest for our souls. Now I understand that this is not all that Jesus said about following him. There's the whole aspect of us taking up our crosses and we're told that we'll need to die to ourselves. He warned us that the world will reject us and there's more, but it all happens in this place of rest. He's not going to dump a load on us that we can't possibly handle. He's going to be on the other end of our yoke. He's driving our kingdom experience. And so even with all the warnings and the dark images of us carrying our own crosses and such, all that we experience will happen in a place of rest. His yoke, the one that we're attached to, will be easy and his burden will be light. Now I'll take those promises, gladly. I'll take an experience of the kingdom of God in the context of a rest-based oneness with Jesus Christ. That gives me absolute confidence that my role in God's kingdom will not overwhelm me. I will never need to be unhitched from my yoke. Jesus will always be on the other end. And even now, in the midst of the chaos of this world, I will find rest. Rest in the one that I am yoked to. Rest in the mission of the kingdom because I'm yoked to Jesus. Rest in the considerable challenges of kingdom life because I am yoked to Jesus. He knows where he's going. He's the one with the experience and the confidence and the power and the authority. And I will rest in him as he carries me along in the experience of his kingdom, the experience of Jesus himself. Now that kind of follow the leader, I can get excited about. Learn from me, he said. So let's do that in the coming months. Jesus has this culture to kingdom thing down. It's the path that he has in mind for us and for the people in our lives. And today we affirm our acceptance of his invitation to take his yoke upon ourselves. Jesus will guide us through our experience of his kingdom in rest, in faith, in Jesus. That is my prayer for us, Chapel Hill, in the days to come. I hope you'll join me in that prayer. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up now as we close our time together with a, a time of worship. I would ask that you would pray with me as they come.
Father, we are so grateful this morning for the invitation that was extended to us through Jesus Christ. I look around and there is so much, so much in what I see that's going on in this world. Right here at home in conflict with other countries, in earthquakes and wildfires, and the hurt and loneliness, depression, anxiety that we see all around us. Broken relationships, broken families, broken bodies. Bodies that give in to cancer, heart failure. It is so easy, Father, for us to just get overwhelmed. But then in the midst of all that, here comes Jesus. rather than saying to us, hey, you're on your own, get it right. He sent Jesus to invite us to come. And then in the acceptance of that invitation, we would be given rest. Father, there's so many around us that just need that and we pray that into their lives and we want to speak that into their lives and lift up the Emerson family who lost Cal recently and just ask that Jackie would find rest in you. Lift up the Giles family who lost Craig recently to cancer and we ask that they would find rest in you. Think of all those that will be here tomorrow evening trying to find hope in the midst of grief, in the midst of divorce, in the midst of addiction and all kinds of issues that they're facing that they would find rest. We ask for this church, Lord, as we continue down this journey of, of moving this generation from culture to kingdom and we ask, Lord, that we would do it from that place, that place of rest where Jesus is our strength, where Jesus guides the whole thing. And that every day we would wake up in the reality that we are yoked to Jesus Christ. And he promises that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So God, help us not to look around us and think that this is tough and heavy. There's a lot going on around us that is tough and heavy, but in you we find rest, and in that rest we carry on in your mission, and you give us all the strength that we need. In 
then God, I trust that more and more and more in the days ahead, you will use us to extend that invitation to come to many, many people in our lives. So God, this morning we just want to declare again an affirmation that we are taking the yoke of Jesus Christ upon ourselves. That our experience of the kingdom happens in Christ. And that all our steps ahead are steps that Jesus has laid out for us. And in rest, in the easiness and lightness of walking with Christ, we will fulfill the purpose that we were created for. So God, do that in us. Help us every moment of every day to center ourselves on Jesus, to remind ourselves over and over again that we are yoked to Christ, that we are not wandering, vulnerable, but we are joined to Jesus in all that we do. God, we celebrate that fact this morning. We celebrate the fact that we don't have to sort this out on our own. We accept the invitation to come. Thank you for that. Thank you for this gift of rest. May we experience it more and more in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead. That experience of being joined to Jesus in the work that he's doing in this world in all that he wants to do to minister to us, to be our strength and our hope and our peace and our joy. What a gift. Thank you so much for this. Remind us day after day after day of our reality of being yoked to Jesus Christ. And in that, may your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth. We pray this in Jesus' name.